whoever's listening, guys, welcome back and welcome to a long overdue episode of the Man With Plan podcast. It's been a busy month or so, but I thought, man, there's nobody more perfect to bring us back into a weekly routine than my guy, Eric McLean, ACC Network Analyst, Clemson football player. Y'all know the drill. He brings the energy. If y'all checked our episode out around August, right before the season started, we covered a multitude of things, including our predictions for the football season. As we're going to get into... We probably weren't exactly on the mark with Clemson, but nonetheless, we're still here to talk <laughs> some ACC football, some Clemson Tigers, and a bunch of other things. So, Eric, welcome to the show, man, and welcome back. You're the first yeah. repeat guest of uh, this semester. Number one. Let's go, baby. I like that. I like first repeat guest. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. A uh, little bit has happened since the last time we spoke, uh, but we were going to do this last week leading into the game. And I'm glad we kind of, you know, we're like, let's just wait and see. Well, let's wait and see because the the vibes, the energy, a lot better than what it would have been then. So I'm glad. I'm glad we waited. Well, my my thinking was, I'm I'm really glad now that you said let's wait because yeah. I feel like the conversation around Clemson football, and I don't want to be like always oh, be trying to be way too positive, but man, it's sure. like beating a dead horse around here yeah. with Clemson football. So I just thought, man, this is a perfect opportunity, especially given the circumstances of uh, the win over Notre Dame. So let's just jump right into that, Eric. I would love to just start with your impressions from Saturday. Things that jumped out to me, it felt like the script had finally flipped in Clemson's favor. Notre Dame outgained them on the on the statue. You say, oh, Notre Dame outgained Clemson by, I think, 50 yards. They might have won, but the turnover margin. Clemson ended up winning in that side. They are able to contain Sam Hartman in this offense. Phil Moffa had a career day in every way, shape, and form. So, Eric, what really stood out to you with this Clemson team especially sitting at four and four, there might maybe be some stuff in the locker room. Oh, we don't have much to play for, but they come out and they take care of business against a top 15 team. Yeah, man, it, it was great to see that, uh, number one. And you have to give so much love and, and shout out to those fans. Um, you know, I kind of want to see your perspective of it too, but it sounds like they were just rocking and rolling and, and exciting. And, and of course, I heard Coach Dabo Sweeney talk about this, but how they impacted the game. Uh, so so there's no question that that, that Clemson family showed up and showed out, uh, which we always appreciate, and I always did as a player. Um, but looking at this game, man, it, it was so interesting because, you know, we're getting into the week. Clemson's lost two in a row. And just the, the ways that this team has lost have, have been so bizarre uh, and, and just so weird, quite frankly, uh, where you're looking at and you're just like, what is going on? And it's just, you know, bad vibes and frustration and, and all these different things. And then we get to this Notre Dame week and come Wednesday – all these people are picking Clemson to win. And I'm just like, have you not seen this team these last <laughs> couple of weeks? Like, what, what do you know that I don't know? I mean, this is just bonkers. Um, and so I'm noticing that, like, you know, the, the bar stools of the world, some ESPNers of the world, just oh, all over social media. And I'm just like, this is weird. Um, you know, I, I must be overthinking this. Uh, and, and then we get to close to game day and the injury list comes out and all these names are on there. And you're just like, who is available? Like who's playing in the game? That's probably a better list uh, to look at that. And, and, you know, Clemson, I'm throwing Walker Parks in this, but Clemson, you know, down three offensive linemen. And you're just like, what's about to happen? I mean, they're going to have to throw the ball 50 times, roll the pocket out, all these different things. Will Shipley's not playing. Um, you know, all these things that are, that are leading up to it. And you're just like, this is not going to be good. The guys go out there and run for nearly 200 yards uh, and just dominate. I mean, that offensive line, by far and away had their best game of the year. Uh, the, the model of consistency, not giving up pressures. Uh, the one sack that they had 
uh, you know, Phil Moffa screaming wide open on a drag route for a 30 yard gain. We just got to throw it to him. Um, and, you know, K takes the sack there. So those guys played unbelievable. You know, you have to give a shout out to to Howard and, and Sewell there, the two guards, two, I don't know when they got told they were starting, uh, but they were ready. And uh, I, I thought they played out of their minds. I thought that, you know, Putnam played really well uh, as well in the center there. So those three to me, players of the game, you know, outside of Mafa, who obviously had a career day and really kind of the um, a little bit of scheme adjustment, uh, fine tuning, I would say, to a standpoint, not a lot of gap scheme at all. I, I think of the, you know, 43 rushes, uh, maybe five or six of them were kind of a gap scheme type deal. Looked like a lot of zone, a uh, lot, not zone read, a lot of zone, uh, you know, handed off inside, outside. And I thought our guys did perfect with that. It wasn't a lot of movement. It wasn't a lot of guessing who's going, who, who's going, where, who's pulling. It was just, hey, we're all going to the right. Follow us if you want to. And uh, they, they did an unbelievable job. And, of course, that is certainly helped by a guy in Phil Moffa who just ran the ball so well. Uh, just got a feel for it as the game went on. I mean, his jump cuts, his vision, uh, his strength, keeping the legs going. And then, of course, to have a, a couple of 40, you know, 30-plus yard runs, uh, one for a touchdown, one play drive, is, uh, you know, just freaky. So I love the game plan, much unexpected. Um, and, and the execution was uh, – it was fun to watch, man, because Clemson kicked their ass. It had to be great for you as a former offensive lineman to just so, go see those guys out there. And it, what felt like to me and what Dabo pointed out at the uh, – post-game press conferences, it's just simplified. It's just if we can get a hat yeah. on a hat with yes. a guy like Phil Moffa, who's capable of taking any run into a home run hit, yeah. uh, just to see them go out there and do what they did, especially for the last two weeks, it felt like they couldn't get anything going on the ground, no. whether it was Shipley or Moffa, for that right. matter. So to get that at home, to jump out early to a lead, I thought that was yeah. so important to just get that belief of, hey, this this might not be the season we wanted. And Dabo says this right. is the race we wanted to run, but it's our race. So That's to right. get out there and get that early start and then obviously capitalize on turnovers, just everything that hasn't gone right for Clemson this year, it was flipped into their benefit. Yeah, no, it was nice. And one more thing on offense before I kind of move to the defense, and it was to the point you just said there, that, that simplification, it, it, it does kind of just – that's what you should do, you know, with, this, with a young team, with with this team. Um, just, just run it, man, and, and get a hat on a hat. Get those targets. And, and one thing that's been interesting, even in this game, there's probably four or five instances of this. But what you find is is guys get so locked in and, and so over-eager to go and get their linebacker. Like, you'll see the offensive line. They stand there and they point. Okay, this is our guy. This is our guy. We're doubling up. Kind of a duo look here. And guys will get so eager to, to go to that that they forget that if you don't move this dude right in front of you, that doesn't matter because it's going to get blown up right here. And and you saw for the most part, they did a great job, but even still, and this is across college football. This is not just a Clemson thing in any shape or form or fashion, but it, it's like offensive line rooms just need to take a step back and remember if I don't remove this point of attack here, we're not going anywhere, you know, just slow down, calm down, understand what you're doing. Um, and, and that's something that, if you can really key on that and get that movement, like take him to that guy. Don't don't touch him and then you know break off. Move that guy backwards. And and for the most part, Clemson did do that. So that was fun to see. Um defense is as as you said, it, it's it's one of those things that as I get farther away and I look even more into it, I'm kind of like, this wasn't the greatest day actually for the defense. Like they gave up a bunch of chunky plays. Like, and I know they kept them out of the end zone uh for the most part, but I mean, there was like eight or nine 20-plus yard plays. That's pretty uncharacteristic 
of Clemson. I don't know if it's MAs or busts or missed tackles or what, uh, but that was really weird. But what I will say about the defense, it was very opportunistic. Like they got the ball, they scored, get the football, sack, fumble, uh, you know, a couple of interceptions there. Uh, but something you, you just got to key in on those big plays, man. They'll absolutely kill you. Uh, and guys continuing to, to do their jobs at a high level. I know a lot of young guys out there, um, some exciting things, you know, that you saw from young players that will obviously have to be stars next year and, and in the short-term future that did get an opportunity and I thought did really well. And, of course, Jeremiah Trotter. I mean, just a freaky, freaky dude, one of the best in the country. Um, we have so many great linebackers in the ACC uh, this first team is is going to be difficult to get on there. Uh, I certainly think that that he he should be, um, but it, it, there's some great play, and he's right up there at the top. Absolutely, and the way you mentioned opportunistic, it felt like yeah, there might be a Sam Hartman 30 yard scramble that I don't think I've ever seen him really do in his collegiate right. career, <laughs> right. or a little a little drag route that goes 30 25 yards. But when they needed to get those stops, they did. It was yeah. short yardage situations. It was stopping them in the red zone, forcing only three points. But something that pointed that Dabo pointed out at halftime that I felt really carried in the second half was that each phase of the ball, whether it was offense, special teams, or defense, they're playing a complete game. I think Swanson, and I, and I think you had Klubnik's pooch punt into this, five straight punts inside that pin Notre Dame inside their own 15. That yeah. really, when they were starting to figure it out, it felt like, man, that was the moment you needed from that facet of the game. I felt like each side really complimented each other. Something I haven't seen in really a long time, Eric, on this Clemson team. No, that is a great point. And, uh, you know, Aiden, forgive me for not bringing that up earlier in my <laughs> opening remarks. Uh, he punted his tail off and, and was he was a weapon. And Clemson hadn't had that in a long time. You know, a guy that's been able to absolutely flip the field, but also pin guys deep. He had five inside the 20 himself. I think he had three of those within the 10 uh, and maybe even the five, five or six yard line around there. I mean, that, that, that is amazing. That's high level football when, you know, you might be somewhere situa situationally where you're like, okay, we could go for this or no, we're going to play the long game, pin those guys deep, let our defense really pin their ears back. He, he was fantastic. And then the decision uh, where they looked like they were going for it and Cade kind of rolled out and, and kicked it. Th that was brilliant. I mean, that was really high level football high-level coaching, decision-making uh, that ultimately led them to, to the game here. And when you think about it that way, I mean, outside of this being Clemson's worst team in a long time, because that's what it is, I mean, it should have been a beatdown. They should have beat Notre Dame by 20-plus points. I mean, it's just, you know, something where the end of the day, they're kind of still fighting themselves. The fumble there, you're trying to end the game. Uh, the, the, the pick, uh, you know, going right through a guy's hands. So th there's all these little things that are still there, uh, but Clemson got it done. You got to be excited. And you know, hope they can continue to build on it because Georgia Tech's coming to town this weekend. This is a team that is ascending, super fun offense that, that's all over the place, a mobile quarterback. Really kind of reminds me of like a 2012-2013 South Carolina team uh, with Connor Shaw kind of running around back there. So they, they, these guys have to be ready this coming weekend. Yeah, and I just want to – you've been – you went to Atlanta this year for part of your old ACC Network trip. Could you just elaborate on that trip, Georgia Tech's opponent, and just what you've yeah. seen from them – overall this year because they've had some big wins this year there, there was a running joke that they only won on e even weeks but uh they picked right. up a win last week so yeah the one reason I picked against them and then they win by like 50 uh it's just unbelievable <laughs> it's typical ACC football uh but no we were down there for the North Carolina game you know obviously a, a Carolina team that was very good uh you know amongst the best in the country offense is, is just you know nuts but that defense you know it's just it hadn't held up its end of the bargain so you know what you saw from Georgia Tech running it for like 350 yards 
on those guys, just really dominant on the ground. And ironically enough, Clemson playing both of those guys. So a little bit of a, a you know chess match there to, to watch those games for them. Um, and, and they look great. Haynes King has been electric. Uh, I was talking with Roddy Jones a couple of days ago, and you know he's making the argument squarely that Haynes King needs to be in the you know ACC Player of the Year award watch list because he's second in total offense uh, by himself. I mean, the yards that he's responsible for, he is an exceptional quarterback, man, that can really use his legs to hurt you. So this this is uh, this is a big test uh, that Clemson is going to run into now. Being at the Valley, a little bit different. If Clemson can run the football and, and kind of channel this same game, uh, Georgia Tech's defense has, has given up a lot of running uh, to a lot of people. So we'll see if they can capitalize on that and, and maybe take it a little bit away from the Georgia Tech offense. Yeah, and if I had told you, Eric, that in August when we were doing our first preview that Clemson-Georgia Tech, the winner goes to a bowl game, they get to clinch their spot, <laughs> that would be certainly something. But I would think be. I was able to talk to a Georgia Tech writer over the summer, and something that he was really high on was the culture that Brett Ke- Brent Key has been able to establish here yeah. and bring to the Yellow Jackets. Just in any conversations you've had with him, what's really blown you away or impressed you about the way he carries himself and his vision for this program? Yeah, no question, man. I love that guy. Um, you know, he's a tech man, obviously, an offensive lineman, was a captain there. Um, and, and so, you know, he he understands the, the challenges that come with being the head coach, being the head football coach at a place like Georgia Tech. And, you know, I, I think he has done an unbelievable job. You see the ranked wins that he's been able to accumulate, um, you know, right there in the mix of Georgia, Alabama, and Notre Dame. And there might be one other school in there. Uh, but when you're in any conversations with those teams, obviously you're doing very well. Uh, and, and he's been able to do that. Now, consistency has been a thing uh, that they continue to have to work on where, you know, they get those big wins uh, and, and then they lose to a Boston College or they lose to a Bowling Green. I mean, that's just uh, unbelievable. And just, you know, a little bit of lack of discipline by the players. I know the coaches are getting after it uh, and, you know, the things you have to do there, but they kind of shift who they are because they were really kind of slinging her around, you know, being a, a, a kind of a go deep shot team early in the season. And then actually, funny enough, a lot like Louisville, they found that, hey, we can run the football uh, and, and we can control this game and really lean on teams and try to make it uncomfortable. So we've seen a little bit of an evolution from them and how they approach this thing. Absolutely. And I, I think what really they bring to the table here against a Clemson team is going to be who's going to be able to be more consistent because it's been yeah. up and down for both of these squads. And so we're going to potentially with Clemson, they have to win at least one of these last three to clinch a bowl game. Same thing for Georgia tech. So there's a lot on the line for this matchup. I'm really excited to get back into the Valley for this one, for sure. Uh, do you have a quick maybe prediction or an X factor you want to give my audience for this game, Eric? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, no pr- predictions with this Clemson team are, are dangerous. <laughs> um, matchup predictor has them like 81%. Uh, the line on this game's 14 and a half. Oh, man. Um, I know it's bizarre, man. Here's the deal. I mean, Clemson can physically dominate these guys. I don't think there's any question about it, but if they're not, you know, ready, if they're not excited, engaged in the game, Georgia tech has ran for 300 plus yards, like two or three games in a row. So, you know, it's not quite the team of old with the triple option, but they'll hit you right in the mouth and you better get their quarterback Haynes King down. If he's extending plays, Eric Singleton is a true freshman wide receiver, super fast, ran like a 10 two over the summer. I mean, he's blazing speed. Uh, so you got to be ready for him. Um, but you know, being in the Valley is a little bit different. So I think Clemson gets the dub that 14 and a half is a little scary. I don't know where I'm going to lean with that one yet. That was the same thing with me this weekend with Notre Dame at two and a half, three and a half. I was like, ah, I'm not sure, but maybe Vegas, 
They always know something. They know we something. Don't. That's right. <laughs> Maybe they need a certain Spartanburg resident to amp them up again. <laughs> sure. <but laughs> sure. That's not my call. <laughs> but Eric, I think what's fascinating about what you do is that you're a Clemson guy, but not only that, you get the opportunity to travel around the country and see all these other ACC squads, be able to travel to different games. We touched on that in the summer, but has there been a trip this, uh, this, this season that's really fascinated mm. you or something mm. that – you maybe had circled on the calendar and it blew away our expectations or maybe, yeah. Oh, I don't know about this one. And then bam, it's just right there for the environment <laughs> for you to see. Yeah. The, the, uh, politically correct answer, which actually is the true way I feel about it, man. I, I do not have a, you know, team school administration that I just don't like, like we, we are very lucky in this conference to have a bunch of great people, uh, as coaches, as players, again, as I mentioned, as administrators, athletic directors, and so on. Um, so it's been fantastic everywhere we go. I mean, the fans are great. The show has, has really been fun. Uh, the atmospheres, we've had great games. I mean, overtime games, last minute, you know, touchdown victory games. Uh, we've been very lucky kind of, you know, from a scheduling standpoint where we get to go. Uh, always, obviously, it's fun to come home um, and to be at Clemson. You know, we've done that once in the last four seasons. So that's that was great this year to be able to do that. Uh, going and seeing Doe Campbell rocking. I mean, it hadn't been like that in a long time. So to be able to see that week two was great. Um, always love going to NC State, and they've made some some great adjustments to their fan experience. You know, a massive jumbotron, a uh, great light show that's really cool. And when they make that thing all red, it's pretty, uh, you know, cool looking there and in the sound system. So I, I do love going everywhere, man. One place I do want to go, and I don't know if we're going to get the opportunity this year or not, which is a shame, but uh, I, I want to go to Louisville. I mean, that, that place is just fun you know obviously they're doing really well it's a great city a great place so I, I wish we could get there I, I, again I don't know if that's going to be the case or not uh and then I, I would be remiss I, I don't know how I left this out but Lane Stadium Virginia Tech uh those people are crazy uh they love their football <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're owing you know 10 uh you know or 10 and 0 they are juiced up and that's one of the best environments in, in all of college football that inner Sandman uh when they cut the music and everybody's just singing uh, it, it's, it's incredible. So I think Clemson goes there next year. Uh, so it's Clemson fans get to make, definitely make that trip if you can and go experience some, some inner Sandman. I think the last memory I have of Virginia tech was 2017. Cause I think the last time they played there was a COVID year. So you don't have obviously sure. the same yeah. environment, but, yeah, uh, and hooker, man, man. hooker, like couldn't even catch a snap. He was so cold or something <laughs> crazy. That was bizarre. That was so weird. For sure. But I think I would love to just kind of hear about this year. And I think for me every year with whether it's adding on these responsibilities, covering Clemson football and basketball or whatever it is for Tiger Illustrated and then adding this on is how the process continues to change. And for you, when you're doing your podcast, or you're finding new stories to tell. Where do you feel like this year your process has either grown or changed, especially hmm. within your coverage? Because I think it's just so fascinating to get a peek behind the curtain because we all yeah. see the sound bites, the segments, the emotion and all that but I think behind the scenes when you're having to watch the tape maybe having a prep or an interview I think that stuff is more fascinating sometimes than yeah. the actual product on tv so for you where do you feel like your process has maybe changed or yeah. grown or where you've maybe gotten better as a analyst this year yeah I, I have a one-year-old now so it changes a lot <laughs> you know it, it, it's something where you know before uh you know, I, I did whatever I want time-wise, you know, you figure it out and, and you crunch it or, or out here just grinding, you know, staring at this computer I'm looking at talking right now to you watching, you know, whatever film and, you know, just making it happen. 
Uh, now th there are time constraints and you, uh, you, you figure it out and there are certain windows that you can or can't do stuff. So that, that has been um, a great challenge, a fun challenge. Cause obviously, you know, being a dad is there's nothing like it. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, but it is one of those things where, you know, I, I can't just do whatever I want, whenever I want, you know, you gotta be really intentional about how you set this thing and, and uh, you know, not messing around. Like when I, if I have an hour, I've got an hour and I've got to buzz through what I have to buzz through to, to get it done. So that's been a fun challenge um, just to manage that. And, and, you know, just the different things that pop up like Thursday, there, there's a massive women's basketball game, Iowa and Virginia tech, you know, two top, you know, whatever they are, five, 10 teams, two final four teams battling it out. Uh, and we're going to do some coverage up there. So I'm going up there, going to bring my wife, Kaki, going to bring our baby, Amelia. Uh, so that'll be her first ever basketball game is seeing the greatest wow. you know players on earth up there. Um, so just fun things like that. Being on the road, this is the first year that we're on the road every week. Um, so that's a little bit of a, a different challenge and fun. I mean, you can't, you can't replicate, you know, crowd energy. Like if we're in the studio, you're excited, good games, whatever. But there's nothing like walking out to, to you know, thousands and thousands of screaming fans, you know, good or bad, passionate, uh, you know, or upset with their team. So that, that's been amazing. Uh, and, and then even travel wise, man, I'm lucky because a lot of these schools are so close. I can just drive uh, so I can control what I control, get back as soon as I, I need to. Um, and so all that is, has been really fun. And then just from a content perspective, uh, continuing to grow, you know, talking about the podcast and, you know, working with Kelly is, is absolutely amazing. Um, and, and, and just further connecting with these players, with these coaches, with these, you know, SIDs and, and support staff there, uh, and continuing to grow our brand, um, as it has been, has, has been a real joy. So it, it's fun to keep going. And, and I know it is for you too. And, and to kind of change with the times and, you know, kind of adjust fire and, and just continue to grow. And I see the podcast, uh, logo and the sponsorship in the back there. Make sure we got to plug that. I'll sure to drop it in the description because Eric, you guys honestly do some great stuff. And you just recently had an interview with a uh, Clemson basketball who just picked up their first win of the season last night. Yeah. So, and your conversations with them and uh, Brad Brownell, what have you learned about this team? And I, there's a lot, I think I put it in our, one of our stories last night is this is a really different team. It's a retooled yeah. roster. They brought in four transfers, most notably guys like Jack Clark, uh, Joseph Garrard. Um, it is a interesting new team you lose Hunter Tyson and Brevin Galloway to the pros and so it's like how does this team that got so close find a way to improve because they had the four freshmen last year didn't play yeah. much but they're starting to find right. more comfort in their own skin so what are you looking forward to watching this team especially going into conference like the ACC it's never easy yeah yeah PJ Hall healthy that's what I'm excited <laughs> for you know to see that guy uh be able to to the knock on wood this entire season you know, get up and down that floor and just be a monster, you know, cause it's time. And, uh, you know, he, he is a great player, first team preseason, all ACC. Uh, can, can he go above that? Can, can he get into that all American conversation and, and really just explode? Uh, cause I think his game provides that what he can do as a player. Uh, obviously I think Clemson's going to have a big year. You mentioned some of those key transfers that they have coming in Joe G man. He he's freaky. He can sling it. Um, you know, really just when he steps on the court, he's open, you know, he's going to shoot the ball well. And, uh, you know, I think just in transition, what a piece he can be, uh, that really allows others to play off the ball. You know, when you look at the things that, that they asked, you know, from previous years and, and to really get going there, um, I'm excited to see what they can do because as you said, so close. And I think everyone thinks or, or knows they should have been in the tournament with their record, the way they finished the wins that they had. Uh, so I think that was a real shame, but this team is hungry. 
and uh, no question, I think going to do really big things this year. Yeah, well, you mentioned Joe, Joe, Joe right there with the way he impacts this offense. Something that I've always been been able to like understand and notice about this Brad Brownell offense in the past is sometimes in the half court and maybe a little too slow to get things going, maybe a tad inconsistent with Gerard in this offense. With whether it was the Newberry uh, scrimmage that they had that we were able to go see, or last night, the offense is moving. Everybody feels like there's a tempo and an urgency to them, and the offense really responds to that. I think it translates on the other side of the court with the defense. Man, it was fun. It, it is a different feel to this team, and I know we said that with Clemson football last year, so I don't want to get caught on <laughs> my same words and potentially fall on my face again, but it it does have a different feeling to it. Yeah, no, it really does. And I think that's what's exciting, you know, just to be able to get out, get in space, get in transition, let this team really run and, you know, score a bunch of points, you know, for such a defensive minded staff and and obviously defensive minded coach. Um, I do think we're going to see some some high scoring games and this this offense really, really flourish. Absolutely. And Eric, I would love to circle back to football here before we wrap up, because there's some other ACC squads that are you mentioned guys like Louisville or Florida State that we haven't really touched on today. But it looks like they're potentially squared up for the ACC championship here in Charlotte. What about Louisville that's impressed you? Because when you looked at their schedule in August, I saw a potential for this team to potentially win a ton of games. But not to this efficiency, not to this level. Obviously, upsetting Notre Dame at home was a big deal. The way this team's been able to rally around. I know they had, I think it was lost to Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. But nonetheless, they're still in it. They're still second in this ACC race. And obviously, Florida State in this conference right now is king. But there's a lot of, when you look at the standings, a lot of diversity. A lot of, there's not many, too many teams that are carrying potentially dead weight in this conference. There's a lot of talented teams out there, like you've mentioned. Yeah, no no doubt about it. And when you look at Louisville, I mean, the, the things that they've been able to do uh, we just didn't know preseason, right? You know, they have 40 plus new players, an entire new coaching staff, um, you know, and, and you just don't know how that's going to go. You don't know how it's going to mesh, who's going to step up, who's going to be playmakers, is the system going to work, all these different things. And, and it absolutely has. Uh, those, those guys have been terrific um, and they, they've adjusted, right? They, they've really, I think early in the season, again, similar to what I said about Georgia Tech, wanted to air it out, wanted to be a team that went deep and, and tried to take shots and score a bunch, bunch of points. And then they kind of sat back and realized, hey, we've got a really good defense. I mean, th- this defense can win us a bunch of games. They've had two shutouts on the season, which is an amazing accomplishment, one against a, a very good Duke team. Um, they can get the ball, take away the ball, you know, force fumbles, uh, get interceptions, get to the quarterback. I think they're first or second in the league in, in sacks. So, you know, th- this team is exceptional. The running a- attack ability has, has been great. Jawar Jordan is is freaky. Um, and, and I'm excited to see where this team can can end up, man. They've, they've got a very manageable schedule uh, where they have Virginia next this coming weekend at Miami and then a Kentucky team that they haven't beaten a, a bunch of years, but they're at home and they're a different team when they play at home, which is a great thing uh, for Louisville. So I'm excited to see the potential momentum, uh, potential top 10, maybe top eight matchup in Charlotte. Uh, which is exactly what the ACC needs and wants from that game. Um, and it'll be really fun to cover. And then on the other side, you look at those Knowles, man. They're just – they're a great team, loaded with talent, uh, you know, veteran leadership when I look at their quarterback and, and especially Coach Norvell, kind of his culture that he's put in place there, the belief and the system uh, is tremendous. And they're playing at a, at a very high level. I still think their best football is in front of them. I don't know if they played a, a full, complete – you know, game where they feel great about it, but that's still out there. And that's terrifying, uh, you know, for other teams, because once they do meet that, uh, these guys are going to be nearly unbeatable. 
Absolutely. And the rankings come out. I think the second slate of rankings come out tonight. So we should see Florida State and Louisville in that top 12 area. It would be great for the ACC just as a conference that's reputation in football isn't as mighty as maybe the SEC or Big Ten. But to potentially have a playoff implications matchup for both teams where, hey, the winner goes to the postseason and the loser is a New Year's Six Orange Bowl bound team. So that's a there's a lot of stakes heading into this final stretch of the year. But Eric, if there's anything you want to add before we wrap up, maybe drop some stuff about your podcast, uh, Granicola McLean, maybe. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you can check that out anywhere you get it on YouTube, uh, anywhere you get your podcast, man, with, with KG and I. Uh, just fun conversations. Got a cool, a lot of cool stuff up this week. This is a four-episode week, uh, so some cool content over there if you guys want to check it out. I appreciate you, man. You guys absolutely will. I drop it in the description below as well as Eric's Twitter because, you know, you got to follow him for his – you got to see what he's thinking about Clemson football games. That's always right. see it on my timeline. <laughs> but, uh, guys, thank you as always for tuning in. I just want to address a little bit. We haven't had some episodes in the last couple of weeks. It's been really crazy with school and traveling for Clemson football. But once this kind of settles down, I, I think you guys should expect some weekly episodes. We're going to be talking NFL next week. I really want to get to that C.J. Stroud character. Guys, pretty good out there. But guys, good. thanks as always for tuning into the Man with a Plan podcast, our second episode with Eric McLean. Uh, be sure to leave a like, comment, do all the things, and find us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you as always. Have a great day and take care. Mm-hmm.